Welcome to the Abundant Leaders Podcast. I'm Tenji, your host, a certified executive coach and leadership developer with more than a decade of experience advising executives, managers, and companies on how to perform at their peak and find deeper alignment and fulfillment. My dream is for all of us to live in the truth and fullness of who we are so that we can have the biggest lives and most fulfilling careers that are possible for us. It is all possible for us. Together, let us lead ourselves, our people, and our organizations with confidence, courage, and wisdom. This is our time to heal and expand, to thrive, and to lead abundantly. Ciao, ciao. Today, I am talking about, thinking about a conversation that I had with a client yesterday about personal power. It's something that comes up a lot because it is what makes us feel like we are seen, heard, have impact, can influence outcomes in our career. You know, before recording this podcast, I had to actually go and Google what personal power was because I really felt like my, I have an energetic and kind of an intuitive understanding of what it is. Like you just know when someone is embodying personal power and when they're not. And I didn't so much have like the definition of, right? Because I want to make sure that we're all talking about the same thing. And what I, before I recorded the episode, I had a sense of the different styles that I'm going to talk about today, but not like, what is the word for this thing, this way of being (laughs) that successful leaders have. And so it's really all about personal power, which is how you influence others, how you have impact on the world around you in order to, in crude terms, get what you want, in order to influence the direction of events or outcomes in your favor. And people either have personal power or don't have personal power and the extent to which we don't have personal power is when we aren't really standing in the fullness of ourselves but when we have it there is this sense of peace of confidence of this quiet self-assured beingness that exudes from us and it inspires confidence, it inspires followership, it communicates gravitas, it conveys safety. Like I can trust this person, I can, you know, where they're trying to take me is a place that I would possibly want to go. And People who do this really well tend to also, or people who embody their personal powerfully, tend to also come across like they're not trying. So there's a sense of flow and ease and truthfulness to it. And when I say truthful, I don't mean that other people are lying, but it feels transparent. You feel sincere. It's like what I'm seeing is is what is there, is, is who is before me, right? And the challenge that I think a lot of us face is that 
we think that personal power looks like a certain thing. Especially if we've been raised. And I use the word raised a lot when I talk about our careers. Because when we're young, we are very much raised in a company or a corporate environment. We've learned... We, we are taught certain ways of behaving, the way the system works, the risk and reward structure, um, how we'll be successful, how we'll, um, how to have impact. We're indoctrinated, for sure, right? Because until you come into corporate, you have no idea what's coming for you, right? <laughs> um, you've just been in boarding school or university or in your little family. In every different situation, you're always learning the system of the place that you're in. So we're raised in corporate to identify personal power and influence, right, as being certain behaviors that you take because we also, number one, look around us and see, well, what are people doing? And we look at the successful leaders who role model success success, and they teach us that they were successful because, or their story teaches us that they were successful because they behaved in a certain way. We're picking up all of these behavioral cues. However, what is interesting is that um, we're also... I think, conditioned to pick up certain behavioral cues and not others. And so we start thinking that personal power looks like doing certain things, like being assertive, being outspoken, being direct, really um, a very masculine, energetic form of influence versus a more feminine one. One is not better than the other. They're just different. But in most corporates, we tend to see more of a masculine, cis, um, straight white male version. <laughs> Forgive me if you're a straight white male, but we all know we all know what we're talking about here, right? Um, Western expression of influencing. I must go and say what I want and get it, right? And I will push my energy into a situation, influence people to do what I want, and it will work in my favor. A lot of the things we've seen in Africa and, you know, most of most of my podcast listeners are African. I'm African. I have an African experience. So I will speak from that perspective. Having lived in both Africa and been in international organizations and lived in the U.S. and Italy and seen just different ways, different cultural ways of engaging and influencing, that it is a more Western approach, the go get it, get what I want. And that is how I exert dominance. It's what we've seen from colonizers. It's what we see in action movies. It's propagated by Hollywood. And it's what the patriarchy tells us uh, will make us successful. But what I now understand, because I'm also quite an observant person and, you know, the work that I do as a coach and having advised leaders for years in my career there are actually different influencing styles. We know this, right? Even though we still think that there's a dominant way, there isn't a dominant way. And it's gender neutral. There isn't a more masculine way of influencing, a more feminine way of influencing. It's more about your style, approach, and energy. So in this podcast, I'd like to just share a little bit what I have begun to think about around the different influencing styles that I've seen different people use successfully and to invite you to as you listen to these different styles explore for yourself huh what feels what feels more like me right what feels like what I do if I look at my life and different situations I'm in right think of examples 
where you've gotten your way or influenced an outcome in the direction you desired at work or even with your family and in your personal life, because we influence in the same way in, in both arenas. And just think about what do you find yourself tending to do? What feels more easeful and more like you when you're really trusting yourself? And think about kind of the times when you're really doing it from a place of abundance and not so much from a place of stress, anxiety, and lack. All right, so what are the three influencing styles or ways of having personal power. I want to say exerting personal power, but it feels like such a violent word because it feels like it takes agency away from the other and it feels forceful, but it is a way of influencing um, the other. And the three styles I've seen is, um, the first style is more of, I draw you into me and you experience my truth, my reality, my desire and become converted. So this is a, I reach out my hand and I draw you in. The second style that I've seen is a more static form, which is I show who I am and, and what I think and what I want and state it. And then it is up to you if you decide that you want this or not. And if you go, you go. If you stay, you stay. But I demonstrate, I, I I demonstrate it almost like I put a picture up and show it and then you buy in or you don't buy in and then the third form is I step into your space and I tell you what I think we should do and what I want and, and I almost take my desire and push it into your space and push it onto you and that is how you come around. These are three different styles. And let me go a little bit deeper. So I don't have a name for each archetype, but you're going to get a sense of the flavor of each archetype. And it feels like the third flavor is more masculine energy. And the first flavor is more feminine energy. What I want you all to remember is that women can have a more masculine um, approach and they can be more of a three. And men can have a more feminine approach and be more of a one. It is not about gender. It is about style. It is about the kind of energy you flow in when you are expressing yourself and seeking to influence an outcome. So the first way, it feels much more yin energy, if you think of Chinese itching. And it is very it feels to me softer gentler it is about inviting a person into my space so i say hi step out of your space and into mine and come and experience my world come and see what i believe and i think and see and touch and feel it and taste it and see what it would feel like or look like or mean for you to have this thing or live this way or or choose this outcome and it is more um, gentle. It is typically a slower process. It can feel a bit more collaborative. Now, all three are collaborative, right? They just collaborate in different ways. Um, the, I think the middle one is the least collaborative, quite honestly, though. But here in, in number one, it is um, 
how does this feel for you? I'll maybe answer your questions. I'll engage. I will show you more. I will give you maybe more data. I will have more of a conversation, tell you more of the story. And for me, what it feels like, I'm, what I'm seeing in my mind is like you're taking this beautiful, soft, gauzy fabric and just wrapping it around the other person with you in it. And you're saying, look at the gauze, see what it feels like. Look at the way the light falls through the gauze. Do you like it? Does it feel nice for you? And you're almost infusing the other person with this new potential reality so that they decide they want it because it becomes a reality that feels true and good to them. It feels very experiential and it feels like they you win over their hearts and mind because they begin to want it for themselves versus you giving it to them and, and telling them, right? That is a very inclusive and softer, gentler um, way, right? It can take longer. Um, and it's suitable in certain environments, especially if, for example, tensions are high or there's a lot at stake or there's a lot of division um, amongst the people that you're trying to influence. That can be a really powerful style to use. And um, you see people who use it tend to be quite evocative, imaginative, able to really tell stories. Right. And um, it also feels like there is a receptiveness. The second style is a style that is um, more static. Imagine it as putting up a billboard and saying, hi, <laughs> I am selling sunscreen. This is what sunscreen does. This is how it can benefit you. These are the risks if you don't use it. Your life will, will look like this. And this is the value prop. Take it or leave it. And that energy to me, when I was describing this to my client, I said it felt a bit like a Denzel Washington. It's like, I'm for you or I'm not for you. I know I'm great, right? I know what I am. I have the goods, right? It Decide. So I've told you, you decide if this is for you or not. There's often a lot less dialogue. There can be a little bit like, okay, you, may, you can ask me questions, but maybe I'm going to respond in a more factual way. Hey, this is what this is what the answer is. Look at my body of evidence. It speaks for itself. There's a sense of who I am, what I've done, what I've said, uh, my value proposition. It all speaks for itself. And so if for you, there is a magnetism to that body of evidence, and the information shared, then you will come. And if it is not, then you will not come. And I am perfectly fine with you coming or not coming. It's much more static. It's very self-assured. All these three styles have confidence. It's just a different type of confidence. With the first confidence, it was the confidence to bring you in, knowing that my world is so beautiful that you're going to want it if you experience it. Oh, if you don't, okay, then that's okay. But come, I know this world is beautiful. The second style feels more like... Um, I know the reality of my world and it's for you or it's not for you. And I'm much more okay with you leaving and I'm not going to invest as much in convincing you to be here and to stay. But that's still a very strong personal power because I can be confident. It can have gravitas. If you like what my billboard looks like, you will step towards me. So it feels like we're meeting in the middle, right? I step forward and tell you, hey, look, this is me, da-da-da-da-da. And then I stop and I say, will you step 
forward towards me and listen and hear. And then we meet at this middle place of mutuality, right? Um, that's what the second archetype feels like. And that's actually more of my dominant archetype. And you see it in my business um, with the way that I work with my clients. Um, I'm a person who will um, go on Instagram and say, hey, I'm a coach. <laughs> hey, I have this product. In my first episode of this podcast, I was like, hey, this is what I do. If you come, you come. If you don't come, you don't come. I'm less of a person who goes up and then calls everyone and says, hi, everyone, do you want to come? Come have a free session. Come experience what I'm like. And if you like it, then blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah, I'll have a discovery call. 30 minutes. Let's chat. Tell you who I am. Listen to who you are. We meet at the middle. If I'm a fit for you, awesome. If I'm not, that's cool. I'm not going to lower my price. I'm not going to offer you a follow-up. I'm not going to do all of those things. If you've said you want to work with me, then you disappear. I'm going to wait for you to come back when you're ready, but I'm not going to go searching and chasing you because that's just not my energy. It doesn't mean it's good or bad. It's just what it is, right? And so word of mouth spreads spreads my business and, and people come and then they ask and then they see the information I've pushed out there and they're like, oh, she sounds like someone for me. Let me go in let me call her out, right? And then I, I step out and we engage more. And then you sign on, we go, right? So that's a great example of the way that I market in my business is much more of this archetype. And it is also more similar to the way that I, I influence people in a business setting, like when I'm giving a presentation or, or trying to get a decision, right? I, I present the facts, the data, this is the story, this is what's at stake, this is what you'll gain with it. Are you, are you in or are you not? <laughs> So that's my style. It's more of a mix of the masculine and feminine because we're meeting in the middle. I'm letting you come and often I the information I choose to share is in response to what people have said they care about, the things that they're trying to work on, where the need is. And I'm very, very scanning, right? I'm always scanning and looking for the opportunity, hearing and listening. What do people need? What are they struggling with? And then I come out with a response to that. And then either my response magnetizes you or it doesn't because I'm speaking to your need or I'm, I'm your flavor. You like my style, you like my experience and you think I have credibility. So that's my style. And that's why it's kind of more in between. It can be a, um, it can be a bit of a long game, maybe a little bit shorter than the first method in terms of my time investment. But on the other hand, it means that sometimes people have to engage a little bit more with the information, go sit with it and do their own math. It's it's much more, um, another dimension is that it's more, um, there's more work for you to do as the person who is coming to be influenced, right? The person I'm trying to influence has to do a little bit more work to buy in than in the first example. In the first example, um, the first style, it really draws the person in and the person, you, who's seeking to influence them does a lot to tell the story, engage, you know, paint a picture, etc. respond, shift, adapt uh, until the story is told and the experience is delivered. So that can be quite labor intensive. Um, and this one feels less labor intensive because I do an initial piece of work and then I'm like, now you go convince yourself if this is for you or not, and then step into my office, right? When you're ready. And, um, then the third style of influencing and of having personal power is more, 
Um, the word that does come to mind is, it's not a good word. I want to think of a different word. It's more proactive. It really steps in. Um, the words that are coming are aggressive, invasive, penetrating, but aggressive and invasive are negative um, descriptions. They've got strong negative connotations in society, so I don't want to use those, but the way that I'm thinking about it is it's like a um, needle that, you know, penetrates your skin and then infuses you <laughs> with the medicine, right? It's quite penetrating. It can be um, more intense of an energy. It's very direct. It can feel confronting because you can be out there minding your own business. And these are the people who step in and say, hey, come here. I want to tell you something, right? <laughs> or um, I need you to come on board with my idea. This is the thing I want to do. And I want you to be part of my team. And so you can think about this as like, these are really consummate salespeople who are very verbal, very confident, very willing to be seen, very visible, and like will step out and pull you and, and not pull you in well, but will step out and step into your space. And you'll feel this impression of their energy on you when they're engaging with you. For me, because I am a more energetically feminine um, being, I've got a lot of masculine energy in me as well. But um I tend to be more receptive in the way that I look at the world. So my body right now, as I'm describing this third archetype, I'm leaning back a bit and I'm stepping back a bit because I'm imagining this person stepping in and saying, Tenji, come. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It can be quite exciting and stimulating because that person or that type of influencing takes almost a foreign energy and injects it into a a situation that doesn't have that energy in it. So it feels disruptive, it feels penetrating, um, and it can feel quite exciting, right? Because the resting state energy is maybe still, and all of a sudden this motion has come in. So there's this feeling of um, galvanization that comes with that energy. And so the that type of energy can be very quick. <laughs> Because it's like, hey, come, I'm going to tell you why. This, 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 this. And my energy is going to do a lot of work for you. Just like the first example where the energy was drawing you in and creating the soft, beautiful place for you to feel safe and warm and lovely. And you, you feel energetically drawn in by an experience you can see and feel. In the third example, it's also very penetrating and energetically powerful because it's coming in and penetrating you and galvanizing you into action. It almost like comes in and pushes a button inside you to say go. So that can be quite fast and it can feel quite intense. It can feel disruptive and you can understand why it's the dominant energy that we see in corporates, especially if I think of my background as um, an executive, as, as a management consultant advising executives who have to make decisions. It's fast paced. There's high stakes. There's the a sense of urgency, progress. Your competitors are always catching up with you. You're always defending your competitive advantage. You're always trying to make strides in the market and advance and grow, especially if you're the biggest player or you're the fastest growing player or um, you've got big ambitions. And so that energy can feel very corporate and big high performance corporate. So let us 
let me pause and ask you, of these three energy types, which one do you think is you? One, two, or three? And try and look at this from a neutral place, because like I said, you could be a man with a one energy or a woman with a three energy, and that's absolutely okay. You may have come up, you know, grown up in a family that has a different energetic style and had to take on a different type, but I want you to think of what you do instinctually, what you do when you feel most safe and you have the most time and you have the most freedom to just be you. That is probably your dominant style. What do you do unthinkingly? What what types of styles stress you out the most? <laughs> For someone like me, I, I love the grace and the elegance and the patience and the, the warmth and the beauty of a one style, right? That really that feminine draws you in. But at some point I can feel quite impatient with it. I'm like, Okay, I just want to know the facts and I want to know enough and I want to decide for myself if, if this is for me or not. So that process can start feeling too long because then people just want to keep talking to you and telling you the story and you're just like, oh my Lord, can you just tell me what you want, right? So those can be someone who isn't for you, that style, someone who isn't a good fit for that style may feel quite impatient and like get to the point you may come across as more fluffy and um, less direct, etc., and that can have negative connotations. So it's also good to know that what I described when I was describing the styles was the highest vibrational um, expression of it, so the positives of it, but some of the drawbacks of that style. Every single thing has its light and its shadow. You can't have one without the other. So it's good to be aware of how your shadow, how the shadow aspects of your style may come across to someone who doesn't have the same style as you or isn't influenced in the same way. The, the middle ground, I can lose out on people who, if they if I just spent a little bit of more time, right, they would come, they would come to the party, right? So it can feel very passive, blase, like, do you actually care? Are you invested? Are you excited? Is your skin in the game? Do you really want this? Are you hungry? Right? It can sometimes feel um, impenetrable, impenetrable, I think is the word I'm looking for you. And therefore it can feel sometimes a little bit closed, a bit cold, a bit um, less emotive because it's much more matter of fact, right? And the third style, which for me feels like the Marvel superhero style, right? The Avenger. <laughs> Can come across as the negative words that I used before, um, super aggressive, ex excessively direct. Um, it can feel very uh, insensitive, very egocentric, a bit narcissistic because it's like, listen, you must come my way because. And so sometimes like if I don't want it and you keep pushing, I'm going to get very irritated. Like, leave me alone. I already told you that I don't want this thing. Or... Um, it's overconfident um, and it can sometimes not listen enough and tune in enough so you can feel it can feel tone deaf sometimes and so you it's important to know how you can be received by different people and that leads me to um, the fact that it is not a one-size-fits-all so we all have a natural tendency our dominant style and then we have a toolkit, right? In certain situations, it's helpful for you as a leader to know that stakeholders fall in different categories. 
So if you're working with a stakeholder who, if you flow, usually what we do, right, is we first flow in our dominant style. And then we pick up that, oh, wait, I'm, I'm going nowhere. Or we get into information or intel on this person that, no, they need the story. Then we need to be able to shift to a different style according to the stakeholder type that we're engaging with, right? What is their, what tends to influence them the most to the situation? Do I have a lot of time? Do I not have a lot of time? Is there a lot of complexity or is it a simple decision-making situation? Um, is there, are emotions high or are emotions low? If emotions are high, forget about number three, forget about it and come all the way down to number one. And then maybe you can start building your way across, right? But emotions is another big part of it. The other part is, um, how complex is the mix of stakeholders that I'm going to have to influence? If there is a mix of different types in the room, you may have to adopt multiple of these styles in order to really get your point across, right? And the different stages of an interaction can require different energetic types. You can start with a little bit of the tell the story, blah, 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 see the reality. Oh my gosh, wouldn't it be wonderful? And then pause and say, um, how does that feel for you? Then push in and say, now make a decision, right? Or tell the story, and then push in and say, how does it feel for you? What do you want? Are you with me? Come on my journey and then say, okay, I'm going to stop and let you digest it and come to me if you decide this is for you or not. So the, the, I think the most mature leaders are able to nimbly employ a mix of these different styles so that they become actually tools in their toolbox that they can pull out when they need them. And that's what you should really try and do. And think about someone in your organization possibly that embodies each of those three styles and look at them in action and see what they do and how they shift around and aspects of their influencing that you actually know, ah, that's their that's their power move. They're, they're drawing me into their world. <laughs> or, oh, here they are with the injection. They're penetrating me. With their, with their desire and galvanizing me to want it, right? So just notice that. I think the second thing that's really important to be aware of is for each of these styles, there's a high vibrational quality to the style and a low vibrational quality. The high vibrational one is when you're doing this from a place of confidence, self-assurance, and full embodiment of who you are, and you're also attuned. You know when to really lean in to use your style fully and when to pause and read feedback, hear how it's going, and then continue. You're still in a conversation and a dance with the other, right? And so you're in that because that is the truth. You're in that style because that's the truth of who you are or you truly believe that that is what's required in this moment to get the outcome you want. A low vibrational um, embodiment of an energy is when you, you do it from a place of imitation or my back is in a corner or I'm fearful or I'm feeling very insecure and um, I'm too afraid to be direct and just say what the heck I want, right? And and what I, why I think they should do this because anything else would not be wise. So I'm like fluffing around and weaving a story and like just causing more confusion because I won't be direct. 
or I'm being too passive because I'm not willing to take the risk to go out there, right? So I'm standing in the middle and I'm saying, well, you come to me, I've told you what I want. If you don't want it, bye. But I'm afraid to actually lean in and open up and be vulnerable and like introduce you into why I care so much about this so that you actually want to buy into me, right? It's the, the, the middle ground is emotive. It is passionate. It does care, right? When it's embodied, it just stands in the fullness of that space, right? But a negative vibration does it because I don't want to be vulnerable and I don't want to lose out. And the negative vibration of the last form is when you're like, if you're really in the, in the, um, no one ever listens to me. So I'm going to push in and I'm going to make sure that people know power and dominance is the way that you get ahead and you're steamrolling and railroading people. And you're possibly doing this from a place of having been powerless earlier and work is the place where you get to exert your power over people who don't have power because now finally you're a fucking leader and this is your domain and people are going to do it your way. That's so low vibrational. You're not influencing, you're scaring people. You're ordering people around, you're enslaving or, and that is not leadership, right? So leadership is the place where we meet at the middle for each person and we all feel held, seen, respected, heard and understood irrespective of the style used. So always think about that and self-reflect on whether insert with certain stakeholders you um, are shying away from using your dominant or most comfortable or natural influencing style, but you need to start using that so that there's a bit more authenticity and flow and freedom in the way that you get outcomes, right? And we do see it in certain people where we're people pleasing to senior leaders. So we're much more like, ah, you know, <laughs> or we're trying to impress senior leaders. So we're much more pa, 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 direct and intense and it feels jarring. But with our team, maybe we want them to like us so much. So we're out there just weaving stories, but that doesn't feel authentic to us. So it comes across badly or inauthentically. Or we're trying to be dominant with them because we were ruled our whole lives and finally it's our turn to rule and bully and so we're actually just like bullying them around. Or we're afraid to invest and care about them so much and then they leave the company and leave us so we're not going to get too invested so we're standing in the middle, right? Just notice what different groups and different people in different roles and situations trigger in you so that you can be self-aware and mindful of whether you're still moving in your authentic leadership style, which is the full expression of your personal power, or you're not in the full expression of your personal power. Because let me tell you for sure, there is a difference between um, exerting influence and having personal power. I don't believe that they're the same thing. Personal power is the thing that is yours that gives you great results, that is true to you. Whereas influencing or, or impacting or making things happen is a thing you do to others and um, impose upon people versus a thing you have within you and a way you move and a way you feel to be around. Eat all three of these when in their highest expressions feel very organic, very natural, will tend to be received well, will tend to feel authentic and true and bring about a positive re response and reaction from others, right? And the right people will be influenced by you. The right people will draw in depending on 
what style you view, irrespective of the style you use. All right. So I want to explore a little bit for you because the coach in me is always thinking, what's the level of self-awareness that can help us to really live more fully in this? And the blocks that tend to come into play that stop us from really embracing and fully walking in our personal power and our influencing style are number one, a lack of self-acceptance. If we think we'll be rejected and so we reject ourselves first and tell ourselves it's too soft and fluffy to invite people into my world. I will only be seen as confident and capable if I act like X. And that is because we have not accepted ourselves and we're not confident in who we are and what our style is. We think our style is weak or bad or ineffective, but maybe we haven't ever fully embodied it. So it's not working out because we're not living it fully. But if we started living it fully, it would start working out for us. And we'd go into spaces where we can operate more in that energetic type, right? The second one is rejection from others. Um, where sometimes we've lived or we've tried to be the embodiment of our personal power and it has, you know, gone badly and we've been rejected by our family, by a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a partner, by a boss or by a CXO who is just like, what is she doing, right? And those things leave a lasting impression on us. And often those things create trauma in us that we start trying to protect ourselves from ever feeling that way again. So we reject that aspect of ourselves. Some of the trauma that can come into play as well can be things like, and this is, I'm sorry, but there is a collective, I'm not sorry, I'm not sorry. There is a collective trauma that men and women have because of patriarchy. And the problem is, this is a bit of a sidebar. Patriarchy has us all in prison, men and women. We are all slaves because men cannot be the full the full expression of who they are. Masculine and feminine energy resides completely and abundantly in men, just as much as it resides in women. And as much as women are not given permission to be um, feminine, we're masculine, we're punished when we express our divine internal masculine energy. Men are super punished when they express their divine feminine energy. So what if you were called soft because you always wanted to tell the story of the situation and you wanted to listen to other people? You were called not assertive. You were told to man up. You were told to be a fucking leader. And, you know, and, and often men... Oh my goodness, patriarchy is so traumatic for men because they're almost beaten into an archetype that's so confining for them. And so for you, you might feel like the only way for this group of executives who are sitting in front of me, if you're the CEO, for them to respect me is if I show no weakness, quote unquote weakness, (laughs) you know? And if I become too responsive or if I tune in too much or and and you know seek feedback from everyone and adapt and then I'm going to be seen as not having a firm hand or clear leadership direction and that's absolutely not true right so what has what hurts have you experienced on a deep soul level that tell you that it is not safe to live your influencing type that it is not powerful for you to live that type or if you live this type you will lose power like 
if you draw people in, you are losing the power of, of exerting influence because you think power only looks like one thing. If you're standing in the middle and saying, meet me halfway, but I will step halfway towards you, I'm losing power because I'm stepping in halfway. You should come all the way to me, right? Or if you're pushing in, right, that's the only way to win power. Like power, whew, examine your relationship with power and what power means to you because it's likely that you have a wound there because most of society has a wound around power purely because of the patriarchy. That's some deep shit. Go to therapy or read a book or just explore it because I, I promise you if you do, something will come up. Then the next thing is nervous system dysregulation. If we are in a situation where we, there's something that we want but it feels risky to ask for what we want because rejection will follow or um, we have been punished for being too needy or too desirous of things or for having too much confidence. There's certain households where, and I've seen it sometimes where a mom will be competing with her daughter. And so if the daughter has too much confidence and is too self-embodied, it's like, what makes you think you're so pretty? Or what makes you think I've seen this with my own eyes? So just, and that can create a nervous system response of it is not safe for me to operate in this way. And so your nervous system will hijack you and you'll shut down. You won't even have access to moving as you in that moment. And then there's always the social conditioning that I've been speaking about. What does a man do? What does a woman do? What does a corporate leader do versus what does a, a soft caring nurse do? So now a soft caring nurse can't go be a number three because she has to come and invite people into her world because she's supposed to be a soft caring nurse, like, or he's supposed to be a soft caring nurse. Like, come on, like, let's get over what society is telling us and decide for ourselves what is true for us. And then there's imitation and chameleoning, right? Trying to fit in, trying not to, not to stick out too much, which is something that I struggled with, right? Because why am I, the, the energy that I embody makes a lot of people uncomfortable because it's just so like, hey, take it or leave it. And it's like so much of us, so many of us are um, indoctrinated that if we aren't making sure people really, really like us, we're at risk of dying. We'll be rejected. We'll be kicked out of the thrive. We'll lose resources. We won't get the jobs. We'll starve to death, right? So a survival skill is to make sure you are so liked. And this just, I'm so fully embodied in my personal power and I don't give a an F. <laughs> Energy can really make people uncomfortable. And I'm not saying that the, the two energy type is the only type that has that. I'm speaking more from my personal experience of how I felt this vibrational energy. But that can be something that, for me, certainly the wound that I've carried around my personal power is I'm too much for people. And people are uncomfortable when I'm not trying to win them over or when I'm just so comfortable as me. So I have to seem a little less like, a little more like I need people to like me and more like, and the truth is I used to because I didn't have the love of myself to hold me steady and sure. Like to be a two, a two type, you have to hold yourself because people will come or not come and you need to be so confident that you're not going to go and chase them. Because if you chase them, that's the wrong energy for you. If you don't step up and come in, that's the wrong energy for you. So you have to be so abounding in self-love that you can hold yourself in abundance and standing still, right? And so for each of these things, just think about for yourself, what could have taken you away from really expressing your true energy type? And 
really that takes me into the work that we need to do and that we're invited to do as leaders is to explore how do I see myself truly, right? Through the truth of who I am and not the eyes of Tembani. <laughs> Shame, my examples are always like men. So let me say the eyes of Lerato <laughs> standing next to me who has this style, right? And who seems to have a lot of success in it. You will be most successful being you because that is when your energy is at the highest expression of itself because the world is ruled by energy, not by actions. And so when you're fully in alignment with the truth of your energy, that is when you're most powerful and you can fully embody your personal power. That's what personal power power is. It is the embodiment. So power is energy in motion, right? It, it was... I think power is energy times velocity, isn't it? Now my, you know, physics from high school is coming to the test. And the energy that you have in you has to be your energy. It can't be someone else's. And the purest form of energy is the, the true energy that is you and that is yours, right? And then when it's an emotion, it is when you are moving in that energy. So that's what generates power for you. So anytime you doubt that this is true, go back to that power equation and think about and trust it and try it out and see, right? Because some of you will, will listen to this and be like, it feels pie in the sky. I'm in corporate. I'm in investment banking. There's no effing way that I can influence in this way. Okay, yeah, there may be a, a dominance of people around you who are that type, right? But you'll see subtleties in the way that people deliver pitch decks to investors and to the way that they speak to the analysts on, on analyst calls, right? You really need to be subtle and, and like look at it, right? And incorporate as much of your style as you can despite your environment so that the energy feels pure and true to you because that is how you'll be most powerful. And if you're struggling to do this, just get the support, right? I got a lot of help. And I can say the thing that helped me the most was not trying to work on my confidence, but was really reconciling myself with myself so that I could accept who I am and being able to witness and identify the voice in my head that is a story and a narrative that is not me or is not true and the truth of who I am and what is real about how the world works. Yeah, if you can do that work, you'll be able to start settling more and more into your personal power. So thank you for being here. This is the end of this episode. I really hope this empowers you. I would love it if you dropped me an, a share of your experience living your archetype. Just tell me what you feel your archetype is. Uh, is it one? Is it two? Is it three? And how does that feel for you when you walk in your power? And how has it been a gift for you in your career in those little moments where you've seen yourself use it or if you've always operated in this way your whole life? I'd love to hear your story. I'll set up a Q&A on Spotify. So just scroll down and answer that question or you can send me a voice note. There should be a voice note link on the podcast homepage on Spotify or drop me a note on my Instagram or LinkedIn and tell me what you experienced. I really love to hear from you so that I'm not speaking into the void. Until next time, keep leading abundantly. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I hope it's inspired you to take action that brings you closer to leading as the truest version of your abundant self. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please would you consider leaving a five-star rating and following the podcast. It really helps other people like you to find me and benefit from this free leadership resource. Yours in abundance. Until next time.